started. Hi, I am Dr. Jennifer Kaufman, your host for our podcast show, Beautifully Brave. Welcome to episode number 11. Women today are rewriting and developing themselves as leaders in their fields. Women have multiple roles at home and as entrepreneurs. Join us every week as we speak to powerhouse entrepreneurs and share their aha moments, their failures, and ultimately their journey to success. Today we have with us Dr. Stephanie Estima. She is a big-hearted, driven, and energetic chiropractor alignment coach, and a functional neurologist and international speaker. She's an expert on the neurological benefit of fasting, nutritional healing, and functional movement. Dr. Stephanie studied neuroscience and psychology before becoming a doctor of chiropractic. She's been in private practice for 15 years where she helps people through superhuman transformations at her Toronto clinic, The Health Loft. Dr. Stephanie has two incredible children. Becoming a parent in the process of parenting every day has taught her more about love, respect, forgiveness, patience, curiosity, and human potential than she could have ever imagined before having children. She has a long-standing love of languages, dancing, and quirky jokes. Please welcome Dr. Stephanie. Good morning. Good morning. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. Can you share with our audience just your journey, your journey from who you have become today? Uh, wonderful. Yes, of course. So I, I guess my origin story, if you will, there's always a, there's always a, a superhuman or superhero theme that, like that it. follows me. So <laughs> all superheroes, we all have origin stories, right? So uh, my origin story was really started when I was a little girl. My mom was very much the oddball hippie granola you know kind of woman who would pack you know the broccoli and the asparagus in my lunch where everybody else was having you know doritos and you know what all that other i don't even know the names of them I'm like twinkies that's what i'm thinking <laughs> So, uh, and then I would, and she was also a fitness instructor. So I would, she would like take along her two kids, my, me and my sister, and we would go to, we'd watch her do fitness, um, teach her fitness classes, a step and, you know, high low classes at the time when we were small. Um, so I was always kind of an oddball that way. That was sort of, well, I guess I was an oddball in, you know, common society, but for me, that was really normal. I was, it was you have to work out, you have to move your body, you have to feed your body the right things. And that led me into my, when I was studying, I took, um, in university, I did uh, neuroscience and psychology. And through a, a, some various events, I had a friend who was in a car accident and went to her chiropractor. She was going for, to her chiropractor for uh, rehabilitation. Uh, I didn't really know too much about chiropractic, but uh, following her journey with this particular doctor completely changed my uh, direction in life. I originally thought it was going to be a, a pediatrician or some sort of you know, physiotherapist or something like that fell in love with the chiropractic story, completely, completely resonated with all my core values in terms of what I thought about fitness and health and movement and the brain and mindset and went to chiropractic college uh, in Toronto, uh, graduated from the uh, school here in Toronto. And I have been in practice ever since. So 15 years, um, probably started off when I was, uh, you know, early days in practice, like some of the young baby newborn chiropractic, <laughs> chiropractic doctors, very pain focused, um, because that's kind of what I knew and what we were encouraged to, um, encouraged to care for. That's the doctors that sort of, you know, when you are going through school, you're really molded by your teachers. And I went to a very, uh, we'll call it medically based, 
uh, allopathic model of uh, education here in Toronto. And then through my own personal journey, uh, events that have happened in my life, I really have shifted that limited scope, uh, which we still care for, but I would consider myself more of a broad scope chiropractor. So we of course deal with pain. Lots of people come to chiropractors because that's what they think that they're seeking. And then once they really get the real story about what chiropractic is in terms of unlocking your health potential and your vitality and playing the long game with your health, uh, we create superhuman. So we take you when you're kind of, you come into the office and you're kind of feeling pain, we just get you back to being human. And then if you stick around after that, this is when we can kind of achieve some superhuman stuff. So. I love that. I love that. Tell me, um, when I first asked you to do the podcast, you mentioned something about a practice um, catching on fire. Tell me that story. Tell me what was what happening in your life at that time. Oh, goodness. So uh, this was last year, uh, March 5th last year. I was running a... A very successful practice. I was very happy. They're very comfortable. I had uh, associate, two associate doctors uh, working for me at the time. I had a massage therapist on staff. And one Saturday evening, my massage therapist was finishing up her shift, as she always does, and threw some towels in the dryer. And there was some mishap. Uh, we're still actually unclear to this day what actually happened. It wasn't, it wasn't the lint. Everyone's like, oh, my God, I got to go clean she put towels in the dryer and like either something wasn't connected or there's an electrical fire. The, the firefighters told us it was an electrical fire. The dryer exploded and caught on fire. The whole clinic like was flattened. So uh, I was playing with my kids that evening. I was, you know, I was uh, doing some art and craft. I remember we were doing like an acid and bases sort of experiment and I got the call, went down and the firefighter kind of walked me through and, um, it was, it's interesting when you, you know, as a, as a female, I think that we also, uh, we're very nurturing creatures, right? We can really tap into the, fem the divine feminine of nurturing and growing and loving something. And I really felt like I had done that with my practice. I'd grown this little baby, you know, right, right. this sort of toddler or child that was really functioning really well on its own. So when you see this clinic destroyed, it's like a death in a way. So I was walking through and I had all these sort of, you know, flashbacks of like patients that we had healed and all the successes and all the struggles and all the blood, sweat and the tears that I had put into creating this practice. And um, that sort of lasted for maybe, I don't know, we'll call it five, maybe 10 minutes. And when I called my partner to tell him what was going on, uh, one of the things that I said was, this is, even though in the face of this, like, like, I don't know, this was Saturday, we had patients on the books for Monday, I had no idea what I'm going to do, but <laughs> this is the best thing that could have happened. Like, I would have never asked for it to happen this way, but this is, it's at the risk of sounding woo-woo, uh, I will be woo-woo because I am a bit woo-woo, yeah. um, <laughs> an airy-fairy, but I was like, this is the universe handing me my ass mm -hmm. on a plate and saying, okay, girl, like get your stuff together and show me what you got. Because I, you know, I already had, I was, I was constantly dreaming of a bigger practice of a, you know, of a rehab center and an area for moms to have like, you know, with kitty classes and breastfeeding and all, you know, this, this sort of vision. And I, I guess I manifested it in the uh -huh. way back I would, but I did. So the clinic, uh, um, 
I guess, died, if you will, that clinic, uh, that evolution or that form of the clinic died March 5th last year. And then we basically hustled and scrambled to kind of get some sort of temporary practice up and running uh, later that month. It was like in a basically a work common workspace area. And then I found the lease, like one of my patients found me this perfect place that was kind of inside her, uh, where she worked in this her beautiful heritage building and built a, my dream practice from the ground up. Hmm. Yeah. Careful what we wish for. Everything comes about. <laughs> you have no idea how you can manifest, right? Like uh -huh. a bigger, juicier, hairier, you know, more voluptuous practice. That's exactly mm -hmm. what I got because my practice completely flattened and burned down, and I had to create my my dream from from the ground up. Completely in tune. In tune. Well, I know what you mean when you say because your practice is like your child and you put everything you have into it, um, much like any business that we start. And so seeing something like that happen and taking you to that next level for exactly what you asked for, which is amazing. Would you say there's any daily routines that you go through when you get up in the morning to kind of keep you at your zone of genius, that um, maybe it's working out in the morning or goals or affirmations? Do you have a routine that just keeps you right where you need to be? Yes, all of those things. I have a highly regimented morning routine. So I have, uh, I'll back up just a bit before I dive into it, but I have two young children. So I have a six-year-old, he's, he's almost going to be seven actually in November, and uh, a four-year-old. So they're two young wow. and they, my two sons, and they, they get up early because they just naturally, they go to sleep, you know, eight o'clock. So they're up at like five o'clock. So I need <laughs> and they're like and they're ready to go right so it's like I'm so oh, no it's like hey like my, my older son literally sits up and we'll start talking like and it doesn't stop so uh, I have out of necessity because fitness and nutrition and movement these things are very very important to me out of just the situation from being a mom and wanting to be fully present with them I have developed routines and rituals that help me First of all, to take care of myself because you can't, you know, give, you can't be, you know, the mom that you want to be or the entrepreneur. And as a chiropractor, I mean, you know, this doc, like you have to give, right? Like right. the energy that's energetically expensive. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to nourish your own soul and your own, you know, fill your own cup before you give to others. So I start my day uh, somewhere between four and four thirty every mm -hmm. morning. And um, I, I have a, a sort of a, a, a pattern that I flow through. So I will start up and I have one. Um, uh, I, one of the things I've always done is I've journaled. So uh, tools like the five minute journal have been very uh, influential in my life. I have the five minute journal on my nightstand. So I'll just grab that. And it asks you a couple of questions. Very even if your brain isn't working when you when you wake up, it's like what what are you grateful for? Like one, two, three. Um, what are uh, and you like? Uh, there are affirmations that you fill out. So it is a wonderful tool to just bring your neurophysiology out of your kind of mammalian primitive brain, if you will, into your neocortex, into your the higher centers of your brain. So you're in gratitude. You're in your prefrontal cortex, and it just helps you rather than constantly being in a state of reactivity, being in a proactive state, able to sort of bring on whatever comes your way. So I fill out the five minute journal. I've recently started using something called the artist's way, which is a journal, it's basically a blank journal. And it's a way to literally get the monkey mind, like just to calm down the monkey mind, if you will. So all those random thoughts, like I have to, I got to do laundry today. I got to make an appointment to get my eyebrows done. I have to do such and such project for, you know, my son's school. Like just all those things, you just write them out and 
no typing, you have to manually write them out. Um, I've recently started using the artist's way and it's a great, I, I love this thing. So that's kind of my recent like my, in my um, daily affirmations and writing. And then after I've done that, I move into my movement. So I will, I, I, it depends on the day, but for mo most days it's higher intensity work. So I will either go on a rebounder if I want low impact, but high intensity workout, or I will do like hit training, like burpees and power jumps and as many jacks as I can and, you know, in a minute or, you know, that kind of thing. So my workout isn't necessarily very long. Uh, so the quantity is, is short, but the quality of it is really high. So there's a lot of neurogenitive and neuroplastic things that I'm trying to achieve in, in that workout. So lots of big muscle movements. And um, um, so I do that for about 20 minutes, maybe 30. And then I, my, my morning routine lasts for about an hour. So it's like 20 minutes of journaling and, and writing, about 20 minutes of physical activity, 20 to 30. And then if my kids aren't up yet, then I will do some personal development work. So I will get a book that I, I have... Um, I mean, we all have books on the shelf, right? So I don't, uh, I don't want it to be like shelf help. I actually want it to be like, I want to get into the books, right? So I, I, I try to read in the morning, uh, 10, 20 minutes, depending on how long I have before babies wake up. And uh, if it's not reading, then there's usually an online course that I'm, that I'm involved in or a TED Talk that I want to watch. Uh, so I'll kind of do some of those things that satisfy my uh, curiosity and my uh, desire to learn and then I you know at that point my babies are up they're downstairs at the computer all over me and then we start breakfast and we start we start the day wow so I do that every day what would you say to moms that are entrepreneurs that aren't sure especially with little ones how to manage it all what advice would you give to them yeah, I mean, the, that's a great question. And I think that the answer will differ based on every mom and, and, and who their babies are and what their needs are. I would say that for me, the, uh, the biggest advice that I could give any uh, female uh, entrepreneur would be, you know, to be to answer the question, you know, how do you eat an elephant? right? It's like one little bit at a time. And sometimes it's baby steps. Sometimes it's one foot in front of the other. You just, sometimes it's getting through the day, make sure the babies are fed and you didn't kill them. <laughs> and then, you know, the next day you may feel like you have more juice in the tank and you can do a little bit more. So I would say for women, really defining your why is very important because in the, in the middle of it, like the middle is messy, right? The middle is messy and hairy and muddled and fuzzy and you can get lost there sometimes you can stop moving towards the dreams and the goals that you want because you don't have a clearly defined why so when you are starting out in any entrepreneurial endeavor whether that is you know if you're a doctor and you're starting a practice or you're starting a, a business online or brick and mortar whatever it looks like what is the why are you doing it right because it, it's not going to be a walk in the flowers it's not all unicorns and sparkles and rainbows all the time it's, there are going to be a lot of messy ugly difficult decisions that you're going to have to make so when you are faced with those challenges understanding what the big long term like the big hairy audacious goal is so that you can continue to push through awesome would you say um also as far as energy and protecting your energy um, what sort of qualities do you look for in the people that you surround yourself by? They say we're the sum total of the top five people we surround ourselves by. Um, and I find myself, even as I get older, I'm careful about who I let in that circle. Yes. 
there's uh, there's sort of energy there's battery chargers you know and then there's and there's drainers right mm -hmm. like i completely agree with that you are i think it's a jim Rohn quote like you're the sum of the five people that you most often hang out with so if you're hanging around with complainers and people who are uh complacent or they don't have dreams and goals that are similar or that are aligned with yours you are going to become like them just because you're hanging out with them, you are going to have the same belief systems and therefore the same behavioral um, outputs that they that they are going to have. And so I would say I am extremely protective of my bubble. And that's actually that that didn't that doesn't that didn't that wasn't always the case. I was mm -hmm. very, you know, when I was younger, potentially more naive or just mm -hmm. on my own journey, uh, I would I I wanted to be everything to everybody and. I would, I would almost put in more energy into the people who weren't giving me what I needed because I am, you know, being female, you're like, let me fix this. How can I fix this right. relationship? What else can I give? What more can I do? How am I not measuring up in, in some ways? And sometimes the answer is that it's, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with the other person. It's just the alignment isn't there. The energetic, um, you know, the resonance, the, the vibration, the, the, you know, you're just not right. aligned. So, um, I would, and I, and I think that this is for women, I think that we are far more intuitive. We, there's that, you know, that little whisper, that woman's intuition, you know, that, that motherly intuition or female, whatever it is, uh, the divine feminine, whatever you want to call it. I think that we have a very good sense and we can have a very good sense of when we are uh, aligned with someone or our vibrational energies or our frequencies or resonance, whatever you want to call it, is aligned or right. you're at the same level. Right. A couple of minutes of meeting someone mm -hmm. like you probably like you and I, I've had this experience where you've met someone for the first time. And you're like, I don't know why, but I really like this person. <laughs> I, have no, I have nothing to go on, but I like them. That's yeah. your intuition. That's the mm -hmm. quantum physics. That's the, you know, that's the resonance, the vibrational energies of your frequencies matching and aligning. And the, the opposite is true too, right? When you meet, yeah. people, can't put my finger on it, but <laughs> I would say a lot of times, and I'm a chiropractor, so my training, like you're a chiropractor, you know, you're a doctor as well, so we know that a lot of our training is like head up. It's all intellectual, right? You do this when this happens, you refer out when this happens, you treat with this protocol. So it's all very algorithmic. And I think that for women, it's, it's important to have that. It's important to have that left brain strategic, algorithmic, logic, logical, strategic thinking. But I think it's also important for us to very much honor our feminine or our right brain, our creativity, our intuition, kind of get out of our heads a little more and into our hearts where we can kind of like, there's more feeling there, there's more feelers and you can, you can sort of get a sense of who uh, should be in your in your inner circle and who shouldn't be. Yes, very much so. Would you say that you've learned over the years what to say yes to and what to say no to? And are there things now that you say no to that I know when I was younger, it seemed that I was just yes, 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 yes. But now I've moved more to probably more no's than yes. Yes. And that's, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's still a work in progress for me. Uh, absolutely. But the, you know, if you look at me even a year ago, having to rebuild a clinic and having to 
get rid of people in the practice who I felt weren't a hundred percent in, like they may have been 75 or 85% of the way there, but I just, my tolerance level really went down. Whereas before I was tolerant of everything. I was like, well, she's, you know, the, the associate chiropractor had the time. I was like, well, she, she's like, she's kind of there, you know, like she's an adjuster and she, the patients like her. But I was like, you know, she doesn't have the same vision that I do. She doesn't have the same, uh, uh, commitment to excellence or you know whatever that looks like so I, I said you know what it's like 80% there but it's just it's not good enough for me and I do that with practice members as well you know I as a young doctor as a young entrepreneur like you just needed that cash flow right you right. take anybody and anything on and um you know, I've been doing this long enough now to know when there are going to be those energy drainers in practice mm-hmm. um, and it's and at the risk of sounding arrogant or to have hubris, and this doesn't come from that place. It really does come from a place of honoring and respecting myself. Uh-huh. It is a privilege to be adjusted by me. Yes. You know, the amount of time and love and hours that I've put into mastering this craft, if you're a patient of mine, you are the lucky one, not me. Uh-huh. So you either are in it and you kind of get it, and that, that's my responsibility as well. I need to be able to communicate what it is that you're getting when you are a patient of mine. But if you don't get it and you're going to try and dictate the terms of your care, um, and I'm just speaking from a chiropractic lens here, but this, is, this can be expanded to entrepreneurship as well, any, any type of business. You will have clients that will suck your energy dry. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to, um, to say, you know what, it, like, you're, the, you're the lucky one. You know, so I do have boundaries in practice now. They're guideposts that we, uh, that we allow our patients to kind of bounce in between. Um, I would say that that's true in my life as well. I'm getting better at saying, you know what, I like this person, but they're not a fuck yes. And I, I didn't ask you, sorry, if I can swear. Oh, totally fine. <laughs> you're either in my life a fuck yes or not. Like- so my five, like five, closest people that I see every day that I, you know, that I am completely open and honest and vulnerable and authentic with, those people are all fuck yeses for me. Everything else is just peripheral. How would you say, and I know, cause I know when I first started my practice, we took anybody and everybody and we learned that over time that makes us crazy and takes us to a place. And as we mature through business or in practice, um, we're not the same new doctor that we equated our self-worth and our self-esteem and our self-love even to our practice, but we become more confident. And the new doctors out or the new entrepreneurs, the women that are stepping out into the world today, how would you say um, would be the best way for them to develop their self-worth, their self-love and their self-confidence? Such great questions. I think that there are a couple of ways that you can do that. One is just getting your hands on people and getting experience. You will learn to identify the energy, the battery drainers and the battery chargers very quickly if you are, if you are coming from a soul-centered or a heart-centered place. I also think that rituals are also very important as well. So we touched on this already in terms of you know, what I do personally, and that may look, I mean, you know, you don't need to get up at 4.30 to be successful. It's just kind of like a hack that I've done out of necessity. But if you have some sort of ritual at some point during the day where you are really honoring and focusing on your own personal growth and your own personal development, your tolerance levels and your respect for yourself, your tolerance levels will go down in terms of what you're willing to accept and what you're, you're not willing to accept. But your self-love 
and your, the respect and the honor that you have for your brain, your heart, your body, your life will also go up. So I would say the, uh, if there is a hack or, you know, the quickest way there would be to be, start honoring yourself by ritualizing your personal development, what you're reading, what you're bringing into your life and, um, and starting to become, um, like I said, more souls, like coming from a place of feeling, like you're in, our intu your intuition is never wrong. Mm -hmm. it's, your, it's never wrong. The only time that it is wrong is if you kind of get your brain involved in it, your brain's like, well, this is the algorithm, so maybe, <laughs> have this, and maybe, it's a, maybe I should go to option B. It's only, it's all the time you always, I, I felt in my experience, I've made the wrong decision when I have come from my head. Mm -hmm. When I have done this algorithm, blah, 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 blah. But my intuition was like, no, you should be over here. You know, my, my brain has said, you know, X, Y, and Z, and that's what sort of led me this way. So as a woman, I would say that if you just quiet the mind and if you're able to do that either through meditative practices or journaling as I was like the artist way is like an awesome way to kind of quiet down that like jibber jabber that's always in your mind, your intuition is never wrong. So you will very quickly learn who you like to work with, whether that's your office manager or your you know, front desk person or the associate doctors that you have if you're, if you're in practice or if you're an entrepreneur, you know, your, your, you know, your support staff in whatever capacity it looks like. You will know, like you will just know if you listen to what your body is telling you. Sometimes our bodies are far more intelligent than our, than our minds are. Absolutely. Um, leaders or readers, you mentioned that you read. Is there a book that has transformed your life or one that's your favorite and do you also do audible books or do you mainly just read actual books i am more of a i'm sort of an old school i like the book i like the i like the tactile i like the pages um and i actually can distinguish when like a book has been made cheaply like there's like sometimes that paper that like sticks together and it just <laughs> feels like saw and like it feels like you know very rough so i really like the tactile experience of reading i do listen to there are there are books that i've written i have an audible account i have you know i get i can't remember what it is i get like one credit or whatever it is every month so i'm usually buying something to listen on the drive to to work um I do find that there are some books though that I like to write and highlight in full pages. So when I listen to an audible book and I know that they have features where you can like bookmark it and stop it and all that just when I'm in the car, it doesn't happen. So <laughs> I, I love, I like to listen. So my answer is both. I prefer the, uh, the tactile experience of reading, uh, in terms of my favorite book. Oh God, it's so hard. Um, I have probably read uh, Brene Brown's Daring Greatly uh, four or five times uh, like in, uh, in print. Um, I love, re like there's a recent book, Tim Ferriss's Tools of Titans. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that book. I've read the health section of it. I can't tell you how many times now. Like I, I, it's, it's actually a reference book. I have three copies of the book. <laughs> One at the office, and I have one at the house, and I have one in my car. So, for you know, if I ever need to drive and like figure, you know, but it's, for, it's in my car. Uh, ganger that I have, it's him because he is crazy about learning and he always does these crazy self experiments on himself. So I love listening to what he's kind of, I listen to his podcast and I also love like the culmination of, of 
some of the work that he's done with his podcast and some of the hacks and some of the strategies that he's, that he's acquired. Awesome. So, Brene Brown, uh, Darren Greatly, and I have her, I actually have her CD, The Gifts of Parenting, which I, or Imperfect Parenting, I believe it's called. It's, it's, it's really great as well. Good, good. Can you tell me, do you also set goals? And with those goals, do you write out action steps? And um, how do you set your goals? Are they just once a year? Do you refer back to them? How do you plan for your future and attain what you want? Well, this is a good question. So I have a kind of a longer answer here. I have really big goals that I want to be achieving in my life. Um, and then I kind of work backwards. So I do have yearly goals. I have quarterly goals. I have monthly goals. Um, and that will pertain to my practice and the growth of my practice that will pertain to um, other areas in my career that I want to be diving into that pertains to my relationship. I have relationship goals. I have parenting goals. Uh, I have fitness and nutrition goals as well. So the way that I sort of define things is I actually – uh, I've written my own obituary. <laughs> so I know that that seems a little <laughs> dark. But, um, <laughs> uh, what I've done is I've written out exactly what I, like if I imagine somebody standing up um, at my funeral and reading out some of the things that I've accomplished. And so that, and that goes into all of my, you know, my health, my wealth, my uh, parenting, my family, my love relationship. And there's sort of five categories that I've written my obituary out in. And then I will kind of, I've looked at that and I've said, okay, so how can I hack that into like 25 year chunks? And then you kind of hack it into five year. And then from that, like those five years get hacked into yearly. And then the yearly gets hacked into monthly and quarterly goals. So that's sort of how I, that's sort of how I do it. I revisit it often because as you grow and learn and experience, you know, things change. So my obituary has changed a bunch of times. So when that happens, you just have to modify, you know, what the direction is and that's, you know, you're kind of going forward and backward at the same time. If you will. I really love that. I have um, an uncle who told me to write my hundred year plan and uh, it was mapping out where you are and where you're going to be if you're going to turn 100. But I like because what are they going to say about you at your funeral? And that's a really good thing. Yeah, um, 150. I don't know about you. But <laughs> <laughs> um, three things that you could say to propel female entrepreneurs forward that you would like to leave them with that you feel um, you've learned um, in your successes. I think the, probably the best lesson that I have, it's taken me a long time to learn, is when you make hard decisions, when you make difficult decisions, uh, this paves the way for an easier life. There was a, a recent TED talk, I think it was, I actually think it was Tim Ferriss's recent TED talk, and he was quoting someone who said, you know, easy decisions, hard life, hard life, or uh, hard decisions, easy life. And that um, really rung true for me because in my life, where I have created the most simplicity is where I have often made the hardest decisions. So whether that's been in personal relationships that I've chosen to end that, or whether that's been in my professional uh, career where I've chosen to end relationships professionally, or those have all been like very difficult decisions for me to come to but it has paved the way for simplicity and ease. 
And as a chiropractor, I'm all, always about adjusting into ease, getting yourself into ease rather than dis-ease or disease. So harder, the harder the decision is, uh, or if you are facing a hard decision, if you choose to run away from it or you choose to ignore it, it's probably going to follow you until you address it. And when you have the courage to do so, and courage doesn't mean, you know, super bravery, there's no fear, you know, courage, I've actually, you know, we all have fear. I have fear around so, so many things all the time, but courage is still having that fear and doing it anyway. So being courageous, acknowledging your fear, not trying to run away from it and making the decisions that need to be made to pave your way to a simpler life or an easier life. I like that. I like that. If we had women entrepreneurs that wanted to be able to find you, is there a way for them to find you a website, uh, email, anything like that that you want to leave with you today? Sure. Um, our, the clinic website is thehealthloft.ca, uh, which everybody's welcome to kind of check out and see what I'm doing there. Um, we, uh, you can reach me if you want to reach me personally. I'm at Dr. S, D-R-S, at thehealthloft.ca. And yeah, reach out, contact me. I'd love to connect. I have a, I have a, a soft spot or a, you know, a, a special spot for female entrepreneurs, especially in particular female chiropractors, because it is so much more challenging for a female to make it in practice. And we often find that once our, once our beautiful female doctors get pregnant and have their babies, they want to live the chiropractic, they want to be breastfeeding and they want to do all those great things, which is awesome. But we often find that their ability to serve people now is, is compromised because they're balancing mommy life, home life with practice life. So my uh, you know, big, hairy, audacious goal, uh, or part of the part of the direction that I would love to be able to serve in the future is female doctors. So please reach out, Dr. S or DRS at the healthloft.ca. And um, yeah, I'd love to speak to anybody who's struggling or questions, or if I can give you, if I can shorten the learning curve for you, <laughs> because I've had lots and lots of learning, you know, I, I would love to be able to do that. Thank you. You've been amazing today, and I would love to invite you back when we start going over 100 episodes. So thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you.